Welcome back, Wildcats, to another episode of Pod Talk Jam and Break. This time we're talking about High School Musical, the musical, the series, the final season, season four, here on Brazilian Dragon Productions. And I am someone who loves Danny because I love the influencer girlies, Felipe. And I am not alone. I am joined by the star of Mac's favorite show that he worked on, Spark, Sam Davis. How are you doing? No, I'm I'm not the star. I'm just the spark to your mark. So you you are the star. I'm just the spark here. In uh, not in need of gallbladder surgery right now. Okay, good. Yeah, um, I got that dog in me, but I still have my gallbladder in me. Do not need uh, any any emergency saving. All right. Well, I'm excited to chat about this season with you. Uh, we haven't done a podcast together since our preview. I did stick to the plan, stick to the status quo, if you're nasty. Uh, I did release a podcast about the three seasons. But, you know, when you go through depression, sometimes as a one-man podcasting machine, it's kind of hard. But I did binge watch all three seasons of High School Musical, the musical series. Did a 20-minute solo pod talking about it, um, about where we stood. And having watched the entire show in the last two months, I am left with many questions and many concerns about the writing capabilities Uh because the show definitely went downhill. But I will say, with the material they were giving, I thought these actors did the best they could. And this definitely became more of a character show on my end. But let's not start negative. Sam, what's the update that you want to give to the listeners, if any? Uh, and uh, overall, what were your thoughts on season four of HSMCMTS as a follow-up question? I'm sure I'm sure that a rewatch really made you long for you know 2019, when this show really started off on a high note. Um, I, I agree with what you said. I, I have nothing negative really to say about the performances. Um, the writing I did think was better than season three. Um, so yeah, I, I thought they at least they ended the series well. They certainly did not do as great as they started, but how can you whenever you lose one of the biggest stars in the world? Um, but season four, it was good, and I would say my, if I had to go ahead and throw a gripe out there, my gripe has been with the sound editing. Um, I griped plenty about the, the writing in season three, and it was a bit better in season four, but the sound editing, I'm like, my god, every, there have been so many TV and movie musicals done before, I don't understand why this show is the only thing that has ever not been able to make the singers sound like it's happening live. Like every song in this season especially sounded like it was just they just did one studio album version. And I don't I don't know why they they couldn't make it sound more authentic. They have incredible talent with incredible voices. And I don't understand why everyone had to sound uh, so overproduced. There were some great songs so that didn't sound overproduced, but that would be my one big thing is like just this doesn't sound natural. No, I, I can agree with a lot of what you said. Joshua Bassett specifically seemed off in the sounds, the songs. And I'm like, this dude can sing. Like, why does he seem so like all his songs? I don't know how to describe it other than he sounds sad in his songs. 
and overproduced in that sense. But um, like even just the cast recording version from season one that like really confused mm. me. I did read somewhere that this is the first time they did live performances um, since season one because of the pandemic which is confusing because a lot of these you could still tell, mm-hmm. tell that they kind of look like lip syncs the songs themselves like actually there were some great versions yeah, in no, the studio album but like not not for performance and not for watching on tv yeah that's exactly i had to go to the studio album because i'm like the, this song was not meant to be on tv and you're right they did sound better listening to it just on spotify and I don't understand, like, it's just, it's just lazy, I guess. And that's fine. It's the fourth season of a Disney Plus show. And we know that streamers do not uh, generate revenue, which is why all these big tech overlords are currently trying to hold on to every penny they possibly can. Um, so they're not, I'm sure they're not spending a lot of money on the quality of this show, but it sucks that like they have such talented people uh, working on it. And just, we're not, I'm assuming we're not given the resources to make a, a high quality product it's just confusing also like some of the decisions like i read rem- i remember reading at the end of last season that Ten- tim federley had a plan for the final season it just seems so inconclusive like why are we wrapping this show up like mm-hmm. you could theoretically get another season i feel like disney plus was like no this is going to be your last season whether you like it or not um but like they could have made yeah. a whole year out of this production like they could have made different decisions i'm so confused why they just stopped in the middle of december when everyone is going to stay at that school for the next semester except ej like it doesn't yeah especially because high school musical three is senior year it wraps up at graduation like what are we doing here that if you're gonna go meta with it at least like nail the landing it just yeah did not stick um, and we'll dive into it, like, not to be negative all at the start, but, like, this felt like two different shows. Season one and two was its own thing. And, yes, mm-hmm. when you lose Olivia Rodrigo, you have to pivot. But there are pivots that did not need to be made. Like, I enjoyed what we got from Jed and Maddox, but they could have been, like, one-season characters. We could have, like, had Maddox as, like, maybe, like, we could have had her as a name that you mentioned. But... Did we ever find out what the hell happened to Howie? Because the last I heard, I feel like Courtney just had a throwaway line in the start of the third season that he's like in college and like he's doing a college orientation and she misses him. But they were together at the end of the second season. We get no mention of this man past season three, episode one. And now all of a sudden she's with Jet. I'm like so confused. Like that was the thing that bothered me the most of this season. I was like, where the fuck did Howie go? Yeah, no, I like before you said Howie, like I completely even forgot that he existed. Um, Maybe I'm just we forgot my wife and I were watching it. No, no, I remember him now, and I agree with you. Like, why they did throw him away at the beginning of season three, and you're correct. Like, they just mentioned it once offhandedly and never to be thought of again. I didn't even remember there being a jet crushing on Courtney storyline. And then, if my memory serves me, yes, it was just like. Yeah, that it was just the, yeah, exactly. Like the trailer made it look like that he had a crush on her. And I guess that was, we were supposed to know from that. And That's yeah, cool. there's so many things. See, I, Go ahead. I, I loved, I loved Jet Maddox and more of them. And I would have liked 
for this show to just like get more to have gotten more thoughtful with fleshing everything out and you know been more than four seasons and like eight episodes each and just been a higher quality product because you can you can have shows with a lot of characters i'm not saying that we just have to devote all our time to ricky and gina and courtney and just the the ones that were there in season one like i'm fine adding new characters in but like let's let's explore them and make it meaningful new characters especially if like at the end they are going to be important so let's like flesh that out along the way um but it is what it is um i enjoyed a lot of the performances and i think they all the all the actors did did well with what they had i agree with the actors did well with what they had like i again like it just feels like two different shows than what the show ended season two as versus what the show ended up being and shows have to pivot Mm. and reorganize all the time and i don't want to like I mean, we're just amateur journalists doing conspiracy theories, but my like my hope is that like Disney was just like, no, we're gonna tighten up this budget. You can pay like Joshua Bassett, Sophia Wiley, whatever they want, but like we're gonna make some cuts. Larry Saperstein's not gonna be series regular for this season, neither is Seb. Uh, like we're just gonna cut around. We're gonna have like the core five, the new girl, um, Leamani Segura and Miss Jen. That's our series regular for the last season. Uh, even though theoretically, you would think Disney can put all this money into the production of the music, then if they make good versions that can get hits on YouTube, like there's other ways that like you can create money. Like Glee was a business model. And I just feel Mm -hmm. like they, none of these musical shows that have come out in the last couple of years ever like look at Glee and like, let's just do what they do. Let's do full studio recordings and make it like they, they do like these truncated, like overproduced things in their studio. And I'm just like, no, just like make it a whole thing. You can buy ticket like you can make money off that that can fund your actors you can also like negotiate deals with your actors i don't know just feels like this was very sloppy these last two seasons and it's disappointing because the show really did like i rewatching. I, I think we were hard on the second season last year but rewatching, i was like no season two might be better than season one i don't know i'm between those two um because i actually felt like they fleshed out a lot of storylines and now i just feel like i don't even know anything it's just like so homogenized everyone's storyline is kind of like the same it's just like the weakest version and like actors can only elevate things as best as they can but like i feel like a lot of the stories like could have had so much more potential to give the actors good material give the writers because i think some of these writers have to be very talented they're just like stuck in the like hollywood model where like you have to do what you have to do to like get your name out there same thing with the actors i don't begrudge any of these actors like adrian lyles take your shot like be on this season even though it makes zero sense for your character Mm-hmm. anyways no 100% like yeah Jet and Maddox like they presumably lived in California right before this and they were just able to up and leave their lives and move to Salt Lake City um, yeah no it, it's I mean I, I can't give any guarantees so I don't know what's going on behind the scenes but it's almost certainly just a, a perfect encapsulation of what has happened now that you know tech has been infused into the entertainment industry that the people, you know, with the money and truly calling the shots at the end of the day are just lazy. And they don't understand what people want and they don't understand art or entertainment at all. And yeah, like you said, um, you know, Jet, it was awesome to have him there. Would have loved uh, more thoughtful storylines to make it make sense and to make it make sense for Maddox to be there and all this stuff. But no, we had to have every character with the classic trope of uh, either a will they, won't they, 
uh, misunderstanding of a, of a relationship or possibly a love triangle. Like one of those two things had to happen for every single character. And then we have to spend half the finale, like everyone like having their first kiss. Like why did we have to have uh, Big Red and Andrew Barth Feldman's character like the exact same thing as every other character in the whole season? Like that's just, it just shows how lazy that they got like they they were not given the the uh, flexibility to explore more interesting storylines for anybody everyone uh, yeah it was the exact same thing in you know four different points of view it's like why yeah. why is that where we ended up from from where we started why is that where we ended up and same with like with uh Liamani Segura's character being added Emmy um nothing against her very tal- talented singer but you didn't need behind it was oh well she has 500,000 Instagram followers already if we add her into the show it'll make more people watch this final season and I don't think it attracted any more eyeballs to the show again the streaming model is you, you need to be more creative in making shows like this financially feasible Disney was clearly unable to do that in ways that you mentioned and so they, you know, went with the lazy route instead of, you know, real talent that they already had that we were already interested in, like Seb, who very well might be the most talented singer in the cast. Joe Serafini, every line he got, like him or Darwin, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, Joe Serafini sounded incredible, um, and we we could have explored that more all this season, but no, we added um, random characters. We had lazy writing for or lazy uh, plot lines for everybody and it's just like why why did we end up here i just feel like i don't know like i'll say some positives afterwards but like i just feel like kind of the show wasted my time because the first two seasons set up a lot more stuff that didn't matter at the end of the day like yes olivia rodrigo's gonna blow up you can pivot away from that storyline that you step uh like initiated but i feel like gina and ej were set up to be endgame based on the early seasons like yeah that was the ricky will they won't they with gina nini but I felt like even in this one season, like I'm a pushback. Like I think season three was just so whack that like Matt Cornette like was all over the place. But I thought his scenes with Joshua Bassett and Sophia Wiley both, like the the college visit and then the finale, I was like, oh, I you actually can act. Like I think he and Sophia Wiley had better chemistry than mm-hmm. Joshua Bassett and Sophia Wiley. That's my take. Um, but maybe I'm just delusional. Um, it's just that's that's one hundred percent right. Yeah, that's no. You're you're right. You're you are right that Matt Cornette, like he was much better this season, acting wise. And it just shows, like, if you put some some thought and mindfulness into you know who these characters were and are, like, these actors will get good performances for you. And I personally thought it would have made the most sense for uh, Gina for in game for Gina to be you know a, an I choose me scenario but it could have been done in like such a better fashion like her her mom forcing that on her was like i thought just such a negative storyline like the the mom character gina's mom was just not not great like the the thing the one relationship of hers that she did support was yeah you should uh date this famous guy that would be good he's you know career driven because he's a famous actor already so that would be fine by me 
like that part is like square peg round hole that a little bit if you really squint like she's like oh jordan mm -hmm. francis is her brother so like uh so <laughs> jordan francis jordan fisher <laughs> did jordan fisher. jordan fisher is her brother so like maybe like she pushed this on him and he was like they're like very hollywood focused entertainment career focused but it's just like it doesn't add up with like the small snippets of Gina talking about her mom. Yeah, like her mom moved around a lot, but they seemed like they were close just based on the fact that Gina would mm -hmm. call her on the phone whenever she thought about moving back to her mom um, after she stayed, moved in with Ashton in the second season. Just feels like I got a really bad impression of Gina's mom, even though like if you think about it, I feel like they would have to be some of the closer relationships just because that's kind of who Gina has in her life. It's yeah. like her mom because that, she has to move around a lot. Um, yeah. and it just didn't line up that like her mom wasn't super supportive of Gina following her. And for a show that's yeah. so meta, they have very little self-awareness. This goes back even to the first season where Ricky bumblefucks his way into every single lead role in the show's history. But like, it feels like they don't even like respect the audience and they just like want to shake everything up. And the character moments like is really what like makes me satisfied with the fact that I went through the show and I had a good time watching the show. Like I'm like, it's just stupid. It's easy watching. But, like, as a aspiring creative, aspiring writer, it just, like, frustrates me that, like, there was so much good material and good, good potential that they had set up that it just feels like they took a baseball bat to the bottom of a Jenga tower and just, like, who cares? No, yeah, you nailed it on the head, and it's disappointing for how much meat they left on the bone here. But I think we've been negative enough. So I'll let you, since your show, I'll let you take the reins for however you want to see fit. But let's get to some positivity. If you want to talk character storylines, what you liked. Um, well, just to follow up on something you referenced earlier, the French kid, zero purpose to be in there, right? And I acknowledge no, that. But selfishly, it made me happy that he and Big Red had a moment because I was like, well, I called this shit in season two, whatever episode they went to North High at. And I was like, oh, he's only like trying to woo Ashley because he has a crush on Big Red and Big Red is probably going to be bi, right? And I made a joke about it on the podcast maybe, but I definitely was like, they have more chemistry than he either of them have with Ashley. They should just date each other. And mm -hmm. like, obviously, like, I don't think the French kid was worth bringing, even though like maybe, yeah, get your Andrew Barth Feldman cameo now that he's about to blow up, but not necessary in my opinion at all. But if it was going to be there, at least it like made me feel like I'm smart. Uh, but also maybe if I'm, prognosticating plot points in high school musical the musical series am i really that great of a writer because um they just pivot everywhere like you you like can't predict what they're doing anyways um let's start with the positives guts came out on friday um that is tangentially that. related let's talk about that first because we need to get back into a positive mindset before i get back into high school musical the musical series because i do have uh, great. Today, but let's start with our girl olivia Oh, the album, it was incredible. It was, it was very good, like predicted whenever uh, Vampire was the lead single. It's like, okay, this song's good. You don't put out your best song on as the single. And then, sure enough, came back, and uh, a lot of the songs were better than Vampire. And Vampire's still a, an, an above-average hit, but a lot of the rest of the songs were good. And I don't care if I am one of those, you know, cringy, younger millennial, older Gen Z people that enjoys Olivia Rodrigo's music, because that seems to be the, the public sentiment now is to, like, hate on people that love Olivia Rodrigo's music. But it's great. It rocks. And just because it's like, you know, it, it sounds a lot like Paramore or Avril Lavigne or, you know, nostalgic songs that people think of from, you know, 15, 20 years ago from when, you know, current 35 year olds were teenagers 
the songs are still good. It doesn't matter. You can evaluate it in a vacuum. The songs are good. Olivia is super talented. Um, and, then, and the album as a whole, it was just a no skips album. Front to back, play it through. Doesn't matter. No skips. Do you have a favorite of the favorites? Uh, um, so I, I really like, I mean, they started off hot on All American Bitch. Great song. Um, it's a real tone setter for the album. Then my other favorites, I would say uh, Get Him Back was a good one. That's probably my favorite. Uh, yeah, I think Get Him Back is my favorite. Just like it's, it's, it plays off of that. You know, it does sound like, you know, mid-aughts, you know, punk rock stuff. Um, but it plays on the themes a little bit more, I think. So I thought it was more interesting. Uh, Making the Bed was great. And Love is Embarrassing, I would say, would round out. Yeah, those yeah. those would be my top four. Um, I just think she's such a smart writer. Like, even if you analyze the the title, Get Him Back, like, because if you listen to the song, it's like, she partially wants to like get him back romantically, but also like get him back like revenge. And I thought that was like so smart and so mm-hmm. creative. And she's just a, such a talented writer. I mean, I love vampire also. I, you can't miss me with a piano ballad. I love those. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Rose song is one of her best writings ever. Like one of her best songs ever. It's good. Um, it's I, true. My, top, true. my top three, I think are get him back, made the bed. And I also love the grudge. I think that one's great too. Yeah. Like, the grudge is good. No skips. Yeah. No, it's, it's like you said, like the, the double entendre meaning of getting back. It's like, it is reflective of how good of a writer she is. And same with like just all the songs, you know, everyone has their conspiracy theories about the, the meanings behind the songs, you know, about if they're about Taylor Swift or if they're about Sabrina Carpenter or Joshua Bassett even or whoever else. But also like just the, you know, the basic 10th grade English class interpretation of just literally what the lyrics are saying uh without any extra context like those the songs by themselves in that sense have a great meaning and then yeah sure maybe there's this like double conspiracy meaning conspiracy theory meaning behind the lyrics too even without that they're still like very great written songs um so yeah very nine out of ten album like is just very good across the board I wish this season was written as good as Olivia Rodrigo's album, but maybe that's the reason. Yeah. Maybe she was like a supervisor, like a writing supervisor in the room. Yeah. I, I doubt it. But, maybe. Um, uh, let's talk positives, but just before we move on from Olivia Rodrigo, surprised you didn't see her at all in this season or not at all? Um, not her. surprised. Yeah, they, they talked about me a little bit. Not surprised. Um you know, a little disappointed, but it is what it is. Like, maybe the, the post credit scene where they sang For Good from Wicked um, could have been an opportunity for her to be there for, you know, on the screen for a minute or two. But, you know, it is what it is. That's how Hollywood works, I guess. And, um, yeah, she probably doesn't want to be in the same room as Joshua Bassett if she doesn't have to, so that's fine. Um, and they, they you know, effectively went a whole season in season three without really talking about her at all. So I mean, it's been it's been multiple years since she's been involved with the show, so I can't blame her for like she's probably uh, gotten over the nostalgia of it a little bit. If she had just blown up, like if she had blown up between you know season three and season four, I think she probably would have found the time to get in there. But you know, it is what it is, and you know, so it's sad we didn't get to see me. Yeah, it was sad we didn't get to see Rod on screen, but I get it. The one thing that bothered me more is that it felt like her leaving wasn't even acknowledged like i feel like courtney probably would have struggled mm-hmm. a little bit more with like her best friend being gone 
in a realistic situation, but like she was just like throwing herself into the colleges, which is great. But then like the whole early episodes where she was trying to be like Danny's best friend, it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Especially like I, that's the frustrating thing. Like the show doesn't even set up like it set that up and then it never went anywhere. And that's that's like I guess my biggest qualms with the whole show as a whole. But I just wish that it was maybe like addressed a little bit more in a realistic tone. Cause like when one of the stars of your theater program leaves and like all her friends are like, they're still there, but it's like, there would be moments that like, they would like mention Nini more. I don't know. Um, just didn't seem true. Uh, like, again, this is written by a 40 year old man or like created by a 40 year old man who's not in high right. school right now. So um uh, do we want to start with like the couple of the show, Ricky and Gina? I guess. Like, yeah, go for it. Give give yeah. give your thoughts on them. Um, I. Uh, what did you think of Rena? Eh, like I again, I think Gina should have dated herself at the end. I think she should have been like Ricky. Like I don't know, it just felt off. Like I get that they love each other, but again, I just don't see it. Especially, she should have just been like, "I'm staying in Salt Lake for me." Uh, Ricky, you're about to graduate college anyways. Uh, or you're about to graduate and go to college. I want to focus on me. I've never really focused on me. I don't know. I'm kind of over the trope that like the main characters have to end up together in high school shows because it can happen. Obviously, it happened with you, right? But um, it doesn't happen all the time. A lot of high school couples don't last. And some do. But mm. I think between Never Have I Ever, I was like, Davey and Ben wouldn't work out. Sorry if I spoiled it for anyone. Um, no, it's no, it's just like it's it's uninspiring, like you said, yeah, and yeah, it oftentimes doesn't work out. And, yeah, no, it's like especially like you have whenever you're whenever you're choosing that you're making that choice, but it means you're know, holding either of you back. Then yeah, like it it doesn't make sense. And I don't think from what we know of these characters, especially Gina, I don't think Gina would have or should have made that choice. Um, yeah, if, you know they were both. If they were choosing to date each other and then they were both going to be the lead in Romeo and Juliet, like Ricky gets discovered too, and they're going to be the leads in this major movie together, then sure, that makes sense for them to stay together. They're not holding each other back by doing that. Um, so yeah, just chemistry it, with Mac. I, I, I like. I just think it should have been just her exploring herself a little bit more. It's just doesn't seem like the Gina we met in the first couple seasons. Um, mm. It doesn't feel real and that's i think the struggle maybe that's why i felt like they lacked chemistry for me compared to ej and gina in the second season uh because it didn't feel like natural and also it's kind of still slimy ricky like slid in there right after she got out of a breakup like mm-hmm. and was kind of like putting the moves on her the whole time at summer camp yeah. i don't know it's still really I, did, I did i did appreciate that that part was at least addressed by ej like there's so many things that are like blown over like we're not gonna get um you know any any details to why this this character choice was made but at least you know in the conversations with ej we got to hear him say like hey that was shitty of you like that was that was slimy um yeah i I agree at the end of the day wish uh you know gina would have just you know ended up on her own becoming a big star and maybe you know we if we did get a season five we would see like oh you know ricky's been just you know, chill, and they FaceTime all the time. He's, they've got to visit and stuff, and they're still they happy together, but they're not. I agree. <clears throat> I think they were better as friends in the first two seasons than anything romantic. That was always kind of where they lost me, even in the rewatches. It was like the box of chocolate stuff from the second season. Um, like, I don't even know if you remember it, but like Ricky, <clears throat> uh, 
sent her uh like she talked to him about how her mom always sends her like something for valentine's day then her yeah. mom didn't and then it arrived later later in that day right as ricky texts her and then she's like oh thanks for the chocolates and then he's like what and that's basically their like romantic storyline for the whole second season right uh it just didn't like they, they're better as homies um mm-hmm. and like i think gina like is rightfully the star i do still maintain that sophia wiley has the potential to be the next big like disney channel breakout that like goes mm-hmm. mainstream um so yeah, she doesn't like, just keep doing you know zombies one two and three over and over again a real don't star respect mcdonald like that but yes. <laughs> um they couldn't even like pay her to show up they're gonna bring everyone no. from summer camp like have no. her on the facetime with ej also was it ej and her are dating i guess sort of they they implied that they're dating said that he's been talking to her a lot he's been she's been his confidant in you know all of his personal growth and whatnot pop off elton john um ricky the only the only other big storyline i mean it was like he was smitten for gina which didn't make sense to me but like it did make sense to the writers um we also kind of get his like college journey which we'll talk more about but before we do that, I do want to mention, like, his parents, which was, like, a big part of the early two seasons. And, like, mm-hmm. never acknowledged. And they just, like, magically are back together at the end of the film or at the end of the series, it feels like. Like, it felt more romance-based than friendship-based to the end. I don't know. Yeah. Um, see, I, I just took that as, you know, they didn't have enough time to write and explain that out. I just took it as, like, oh, yeah, they're, they're amicable and they're just sitting next to each other for Ricky's musical. But yeah, it would have been interesting to you know get a little more time to hear from that. But I'm I'm fine. There are plenty of characters to hear from. I was, like I said, tired of you know love triangle tropes and will they won't they tropes. I was already tired of you know Miss Jen and Ricky's dad and Mr. Mazzara. Um, so I, I was perfectly fine to no longer hear from Mr. Bowen. Speaking of positives, Miss Jen, Ray of Sunshine, she is the star of this series based on my rewatch. Like, yes, she's wild and out of pocket and like light on her resume, but she genuinely cares about these kids from moment one. And you can see it in the show. Like she genuinely cares about like being a good role model for them. And I think she's like the highlight of this experience for me. Like, yes, like we can enjoy the ride that we had, but I think Miss Jen is going to be like a teacher that sticks with me from like fictional teachers um way better teacher than mr shu um yes she did some out-of-pocket things like um the whole like lying on her resume and then getting the the stage caught on fire in the first season and like trying to like be um memorable for kenny ortega but she grew and i really enjoyed miss jen and i like mr mazzara too i like their dynamic and i'm happy that they kind of ended up together um no yeah i agree i agree the teachers 100% 100% left, left Miss Jen. Um, yeah, she didn't, you know, romantically lead on any of her students like Mr. Shu and Glee. So that was definitely a positive for, you know, a drama club uh, director. But no, I, I like her dynamic with Benny, uh, formerly of boy band fame. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, happy they ended up band. together. What you think about that? Yeah, we, we got the origin why he hates music which is it felt very like very doofenshmirtz to uh to draw on one of your other podcasting muses yes um also can we talk about the i don't think we've ever acknowledged on this podcast that ernie from the george lopez show is the principal but yolo we haven't yeah and that's that's about all there is to say about it huh literally it um 
Yeah, no, I liked seeing Mr. Mazzara's backstory flesh out. I'm glad we got him back this season. Um, and I don't know, like, on one hand, it's, like, stupid that, like, New Zealand comes back and, like, has a important... But it's, like, you have interesting writing styles. Why can't you make the show better written? Like, if you're going to, like, pull on these strings anyways, like, can't you, like, mm. pull on the strings that you set up? Like, the Better Call Saul writer's room, this was not. No. Because um, they they close every loop in that show. Um, anything else you want to say about the adults in the room? Or do you want to move on to uh, Seven Carlos, which is my next note? Um, no. Um, Terry, uh, Gina's mom, uh, trash character, would have loved for, you know, maybe her to get some more airtime to... Um, give some context by, behind why Gina's mom is the way that she is and maybe give her a chance for some, some growth and atonement. But uh, no, pretty uh, one, one of the more uh, trash adults that I've seen on TV. I was just like, why? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't match Gina's energy at all, but mm. um, Seb and Carlos, uh, I found it very frustrating because the last season ended on this big cliffhanger of the trailer and Carlos like cheating was a big thing. Like even though he didn't cheat and of course like big red goes shipped off to Cairo for a foreign exchange program. This school does not have the budget for that. I'm sorry. Like, no, this, this was, the and, the, the, and the pizza place certainly doesn't have the money to fund him for that either. Yeah, the margins on a pizza joint are not great. Right. We didn't find out his name. So, like, Seb and Carlos, like, this storyline frustrated me because, like, it doesn't seem realistic. Like, Seb and Carlos haven't spoken in, like, a month since the trailer dropped. Like, what? They're, they're literally boyfriends. Like, yeah, Seb have, is busy on the farm, but he has a phone. Mm-hmm. Like, again, man who is older, not realizing that high school students would be on their phone texting all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I still love Seb. I thought they kept his character consistent in terms of the personality. And I thought he was like goofy and stupid. And I loved that part of it. Carlos. I also think like Frankie Rodriguez is great. And like, I'm happy for the couple, the real life couple themselves, but I don't know. It's just like disappointing when like, I don't know. I'm just like the, the mood of the podcast is disappointed by the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you think of the Seb Carlos big red love triangle that all of a sudden popped up and like was stupid i also want to know more context like big red kiss seb did seb kiss big red right right yeah like i said we just loved more time i wish we could have you know hashed that out earlier like in in season one sure like it's it's fairly realistic to say that seb has been ghosting him for a bit you know he's been ghosting him for months you know he's carlos been texting calling he's been ignoring him blah 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 but i I don't care about that in the show. You can you can say that happened in the past month when we all weren't watching. Now let's get back to the character. That's what TV is all about. So like, let's episode one. Let's start addressing this. Let's, you, like I said, set the backstory. He has been ghosting him, and now let's get to see it be addressed. And let's get that earlier. Let's find out some of these things earlier instead of wasting time on other storylines that we don't need. And let's get Joe Serafini back in the show because that's one of the more talented people you have. That's one of the more interesting characters you have. So give us what we want. I yeah, give us more Joe Serafini. Like I hope he blows up because he deserves it. Um, he's so great at singing. Like I hope he like he and Andrew Bartholdeman. I think I saw on TikTok where like singing a song together. Like in a production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have one. It was like two years ago or something too. There's like one song on Spotify with the two of them. 
It's not from anything. It's it's very you know sounds very dear Evan Hansen-y, as did the the Carlos and Seb duet that they had. It sounded very dear Evan. Oh, Hansen-y. I was like, this gives musical theater. This gives suddenly Seymour. Yeah, no, it definitely did. Which I guess to dwell on the negativity still, it's just another gripe that I have about the show. It's like why this song that they're singing right now should not sound produced the same exact way as a Gina Porter like pop dance number. Like the production yeah. the sound production on those should not sound the same. And they did. But and it, it disappointed had a lot of those me. Songs that you called the Katy Perry like pop generic stuff. Yeah. Um, and they had the same production value for those songs like Balance from season three with Gina, the Corbin Blue Gina song uh with the basketball yeah. dancing. Um mm-hmm. but that as this like ballad that they're supposed to be doing. Like the only song that should be like if you're gonna do a song like this, produce it in the same way that you did the Rose song, where it's like easy, but like the soundtrack version, like in the show itself, it looks realistic and not overproduced. Mm-hmm. Like like just or like straight stripped uh, down version of the song. Uh-huh. Like set it, set things up in such a way that the sound production like makes sense. If you're going like the fucking Halloween nightmare song that they had. Okay, make that song as essentially was, you know, a dream sequence. Okay, a sequence can sound, you know, like it was done in the studio and overproduced. But when you have a song that literally sounds like is a, I mean, they're literally performing it live on a piano in a drama room, make it sound like that instead of like, you did this in the studio and now you're playing the CD over it. Like, no, we're watching the. Just the make line. it like every, every other musical has ever done that before. Glee has done that did that for eight seasons or whatever every other tv musical has made it sound exact six seasons is that all glee got what a shame um but yeah like uh, it like just make it sound true to what the song is the climb in season two at carlos's quinceanero i don't remember feeling this vibe in both the rewatch and the original watch i feel like it wasn't overproduced in the way and like yeah if you listen to the soundtrack yeah. version it's like kind of produced like you would the climb but like it felt mm-hmm. stripped which is like uh the piano ballads like that's the stuff that really mm-hmm. i love like i love a good piano ballad um and i yeah. just felt like it didn't align with like it, like no it was 100 percent like i are not sure but i i have mm-hmm. a lot of thoughts on the music of this season um yeah it, it's yeah. very reflective of just you know how, how lazy they were with the seb storyline and then you know even when his his songs were thrown in there they got lazier i'm curious to see if i did an imdb investigation i should have probably prepped for this but like i want to know how much of the eps turned over because there were some names that were familiar like kimberly mcdonough i think is the director for a lot of episodes tim federley of course but when I was doing my rewatches, I definitely noticed in season two, there was a woman, Emiliana Serrano. And the only reason that name stood out to me was because she was one of the writers on Promised Land. So I met her one time, we chatted. She was very chill, but she was like an EP and a writer on season two, but she wasn't involved with the rest of the series. And I want to mm-hmm. examine, like, um, if I looked back at it, like how much turnover was there between like the business people, the EPs of the show versus like the like if there was like a lot of turnover with the writing staff because maybe like i just want to know why i'm just left confused puzzled Mm -hmm. befuddled confused i don't know um yeah but overall i'm happy seb and carlos ended up together because i do think it's like important to show gay kids that 
you can find someone in high school and you can have the Sam and Chandler lifestyle if you're a gay couple too. Um, mm. So I don't know. I like of all the couples that were together at the end, this one bothered me the least, I think, just because of the fact that it is a representation matters moment. No, 100%. Like it, it made sense. It was true to them. They've been together for a long time and yeah. um, their personalities made sense together. Kind of a, and you know, like like many good relationships, opposites attract in some instances, but they're also like the exact same person in other instances, versus um, like just a complete like a cl- it, there was no clashing of you know their dynamic. Yeah. It, it all it all made sense across the board. And there were still things that I would have loved to flesh out. I think something really interesting that they could have circled back to in this season was there's something about like a trip that Seb and Carlos were going to take, and they made it all about Seb coming out to his parents. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought it could have been cool to like circle back at the start of season two. Seb was very insecure about dating Carlos because Carlos came from money and Seb worked on the mm-hmm. farm. And like, I remember Carlos got him like a sweater that itched him. And it was just like, I feel like they could have played a little bit more, fleshed that out. But I guess Joe Serafini was on a budget. Uh, they couldn't bring him every episode um, yeah. for whatever reason, which is clownish in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we move on to the rest of the characters and all the, and the music that I want to discuss, um, how did you – you binge watch this all, right? Or did you watch it in – Yes, I pretty much watched all of it, not to give too much of a peek behind the curtain, but today. Um, I watched I watched episode one probably uh, probably a week or so ago. Oh, you the day off or something? Uh, no, I watched part while I was at work. Watched it on my oh, phone. Okay. No, no, I'm a multitasker. For reason, I'm my like, last week was the weekend. No, I basically – like to be behind the curtain as well. Uh, I basically started last week and watched it in a couple days. Like I didn't, I did the last three episodes back to back to back. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I will say like the last episode, I cried again, the characters, but how do you think this, do you think if we had been doing weekly podcasts, whether it was like the both of us or like a rotating panel, um, do you think the season would have played better on a weekly? Cause this is the only season that really was the binge. Um, yeah, I really don't know if I would have thought of it any differently if I'm being honest. I think it was it was fine either way. Um, I think, probably I think the, the, the Halloween episode. Yeah. Oh, you, you can take it away. I, I'm kind of with you. Honestly, I think the binge model probably made it better because mm-hmm. if we were digesting weekly episodes, we probably would have like complained a lot more and by the end felt more unsatisfied because I did rewatch mm-hmm. season three and I was like, okay, it wasn't as bad in the binge model, but I also knew what was happening and I knew where we were going. Right. Um, again, this is like a feel-good show. Like I, I'm just complaining because I have a podcast and I am allowed to do so. Um, uh, so, also, right. by the way, if we're at complaining because a, a feel-good show can make you feel better. Yeah. Um, if you have already tweeted at me, I doubt we will have anyone. But about what happened with Howie, please don't. Just one person, if you want. But like, only one person <laughs> needs to do that. <laughs> um, or X me. I don't know what it, we're calling it, but. We're just calling it Twitter, right? Yeah. No, we're still calling it Twitter. We'll always call it Twitter until it burns into the ground, which might be soon. Might be soon. Are you on the thread, Sam? No. no. I'm not. I'm not on the thread. I have a threads. I've used it. Am I on the threads? No, not really. Um, no. I'd rather just like put what I would put on Twitter on an Instagram story. <laughs> um, right. Uh, Ashlyn, Maddox, Big Red. I'll let you take the floor with them first. Um, I enjoyed it all. Like I said, I get exhausted of the 
you know, oh, the miscommunication, this person doesn't like me, this person doesn't like me, but I like them, but I don't want to tell them. Um, it does get exhausting. Like, it, it would just be more fun to, like, we've seen that trope before, and I get it. It's a, it's a feel-good, low-thought high school TV show. But, like, let's, let's get that out in the first couple episodes, and let's explore the relationship a little bit. Because I, I always enjoyed Maddox, and um, Ashlyn's character definitely grew from uh, season one, which we got to see, you know, in all the flashbacks and stuff, we got to see, um, you know, what what it was it was like back then. And I think they maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't ever remember it being so exaggerated in the moment. And I believe it was just uh, a little bit of retconning during the flashback to make oh, a, a seem so yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I I enjoy their relationship and I think like all of those things we could have got there faster and we could have like explored some more interesting dynamics like there was no reason for Big Red to be gone other than maybe and they Kyra didn't want to pay him which he probably yeah. cannot go to <laughs> like, yeah it's like I, I, and I, and I again I can't imagine money and contract issues being a problem for Larry Saperstein and Joe Serafini. No offense to them, they're both very talented, but I can't imagine the demand is super high where they couldn't afford them anymore. So I don't know why we didn't get to explore these th these things, you know, in the first one, two, maybe three episodes, you know, coming, you can have the hiatus in between the trailer for uh, the documentary into where we jump off in season four, and then we get to get into them, you know, talking to each other and exploring that a bit and then we move past it and we can explore the actual relationship and interesting dynamics because there are you know high school kids and you know people our age they have not seen um you know gay relationships on tv very often so let's let that get explored instead of just saying oh they did end up together because we clearly know that you know gay people can end up together but let's see you know what is their dynamic like is this what, what is the normal context of these relationships for me? What should I be looking for in this relationship that I'm going through? So why can't we explore those things instead of just having the, the boring tropes that we've seen for, you know, 50 years, and then at the very end, they have a kiss and they're all over each other? Let me, so they played around, around with time in this season a lot, and we'll talk about that in a second, but like, let me fix the script for them. Episode one, the fallout from the documentary trailer. Maybe episode two that bleeds in. And then that conversation that Big Red and Ashlyn had, have it at the start of the season. Then while Maddox is not mm. there, they be texting a lot. They like build that up and then she can focus on that storyline. And then as soon as Maddox gets to East High to be a PA on the show, on the, on the movie, then you like shoot your shot, girl. Like you uh -huh. can have that like Halloween thing and then you can kiss and then call it. And then they're just a happy couple for the rest of the series. Um, and I just think that's, fleshed out so much better they can have their healthy yeah. breakup at the start of the school year and then big red can just be like working extra at the pizza shop and like maybe like taking a pottery class that is like after school and conflicts with the theater and he's like yeah i had fun at the theater but i'm not like a techie i'm not um a performer i'm just more of like an arts and crafts guy behind the scenes like mm -hmm. i don't know like i think that's how they can fix that make it a much cleaner storyline and also not leave us hanging and like granted this it's like i i can sing the praises of seasons one and two from like as much as i want but the, this has always been something that the show has done they'll end us with a cliffhanger and then they won't address it at all 
in the next episode, even from the first season. But like in season three, notably when Carlos crosses mm. his name and they just like address it like with a thing. And so like, oh, Carlos, we have cameras. I'm like, okay, this is like your big cliffhanger and this is it. Uh, so I, mm. I understand that they're not the best at like doing that. And that's not their storytelling style. But I think it could have just been more cleaner, more efficient. And the character moments work. So if you give it room to breathe with plot that makes sense, it really can just be stronger. Yeah. And, sorry, no, I mean, we, like, it's a finished product. We, I don't know why I'm complaining about like how you can fix the writing of a finished product, but yeah, it just feels weird. Know, because it it's still it's still very valid to yeah, very valid to give you know what you would have done better and what you would have done differently. And you know, it's I think it's fair to say we didn't need to wait for fucking JoJo Siwa's blessing for them to get together. Like they could have figured this out on their own a long time ago. JoJo Siwa, yeah, uh, noticeably not in this season because they couldn't afford her probably. But also, that like, makes sense. Like, now that one makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's JoJo Siwa. Not like been... canceled, right? It's because yeah, of just yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. Maybe little bit would be able to tell yeah. me better. I know he's he's like all up on the like celebrity gossip of like. Yeah, um, I know I know enough to, but certainly not enough to uh, you know put myself out there on a podcast and act like I'm an expert on it. But I know enough to get the gist of it. Anything else you want to say about Ashlyn and Maddox and Big Red, I guess? Um, no, no, really, really happy for them. I hope uh, Jet and Maddox's parents are doing well financially to have to, to move somewhere so suddenly. My hope um, is that Quinn put her not, up in a hotel. That's the thing to do. That's yeah. That's the only logic I can make. Maybe, maybe Maddox will start bringing in some money on her own soon, so. Not as a PA. I mean, she'll make better than a tour guide. I say that. <laughs> um, just Close because of the days are long on those sets. Um, yeah, no. The only logical conclusion I can come up with is that like Maddox volunteered to be a PA, and for whatever reason, Disney had the money to give High School Musical four the money to put a PA who lives twelve hours away up in a hotel room with her brother. But that's that's my yeah. that's my conspiracy theory mm. um courtney and jet i mean just courtney i guess and then we can like filter in jet because jet didn't really have a storyline this season besides he sent for courtney right yeah no that um, that didn't make sense at all um, i love the stuff with courtney and her mom though like i love the fact that we get her mom here yes like, courtney and her mom is. great stuff great relationship best great mom, woman best parent on the show. Mom. yeah like she, she when in making her college decision, she didn't force anything on her. She didn't pressure her too much to go to an Ivy or to go to Lewis College. Like she just, you know, took her there, presented everything, you know, in front of her, and trusted that she had led her her daughter in such a way that she made the decision best for her, and she did, and it all worked out great, and. Yeah, props to Courtney's mom, parents of the year, parents of this entire show. Yeah, also, I always like to mention that it's her real mom, Dara Renee's real mom. Um, I was pulling up the Wikipedia That's page. That's cool. That's really cool. I didn't know that. The Wikipedia page for Dara Renee. In 2021, it was announced that Dara Renee would host Disney's Magic, Magic Bake Off with Raven's Homestar. Um, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, is this Nailed It, but with a Disney movie or theme every episode? Anyways, um, no reason for that otherwise. Uh, she's also going to be in the new Descendants movie, The Rise of Red, um, where she is one of Ursula's daughters. So pop off. I think we might have talked about this last year, but um, she's playing a character named Uliana, the sister of Ursula and the aunt of 
China. How is she going to be? I'm sorry. I can't, I can't, I can't derail this conversation for that. But she's supposed to be older than China and McLean, who's definitely older than her. It doesn't make sense. I mean, wait, never mind. Maybe, maybe it can make sense because there's people who's like younger than their, uh, older than their uncles, I guess, if they have a big age gap. I'm just stupid. Um, so I guess Courtney's college decision is going to be a big part of the season. Also, we kind of follow up a little bit with her therapy storylines. Uh, Courtney has this big decision at the end between, I think, Princeton and Lewis, and she chooses Lewis. And I thought that episode where she like sings with the choir was pretty compelling. Um, I wish we got to see a little bit more of Courtney's um, journey through college decisions and her applications um, and like more of her day there. But we obviously saw the thing and like Jet gets her to go to Lewis College. So I think it's interesting. But again, Jet and Courtney together, it just confuses me because I'm like, where the fuck did Howie go? Um, meanwhile, Sam's having some internet issues. So I'm just going to vamp for a moment. Emmy, girl was like a sweet bumblebee last year at camp. And then she's like creepy, scary girl who like you don't want to mess with because she's weird and like hides and like she's like basically Jenna Ortega and Wednesday. So confused. I am so, 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 so confused. Um, all right. So peek behind the curtain. Sam's back now. Um, but Courtney is uh, here. What did you think of Courtney in this season and her college journey, Lewis versus Princeton? You know, I, I thought Courtney it was a, it was a fairly real journey. That is, you know, as as unrealistic as like you know, ever a high school kid not knowing what Ivy League they want to go to. Because for the most part, if an, if a high school kid is interested in Ivy, they know which one. They've known which one since they were twelve, or they've known which two. Um, so it's not not to doubt that Courtney is a very high achiever that could get into all of them. Um, but other than that, like the the, that was a, a realistic storyline was that high schoolers you know worry about where they want to go they they want to go somewhere that has the prestige ooh, the ivy league school or they you know explore some different uh places which i i assume i don't think they ever said but it seems like they were implying that lewis college was an hbcu um so that was and you know the, I, I wish they would have said that explicitly because that's an important uh, dynamic for high school kids to explore as well and um, but I thought that was a, a really real storyline and like I said earlier I appreciated how Courtney's mom you know let her investigate Lewis that University for herself what did you say Lewis University apparently it's a okay I thought school. it was Lewis I thought she said Lewis College that's what I thought too okay. but it, at least the Wikipedia um, says it, but I'm trying to look up where it is because she said Atlanta, and this she said Atlanta in the show. Looks like yeah, they're, they're well, Lewis, Lewis is... College. Yep, okay, Lewis College. Yeah. You're gonna say it's a fictional school. Yeah, I believe it was a fictional school. Actually, I, I did think she said Lewis College, but still, it seemed like they were heavily implying it was an HBCU. Yeah, I think it was. Um, which would it does seem like something that would be important to the Courtney character, and she explored that, and uh, she decided that that's where she felt at home, and so I really like that storyline. Um, you know, even as exhausting as that one was, you know, did take the whole season. That's a real thing. Like high school kids do fret over that for the entire semester or sometimes for the entire school year. Um, so I really like that with the Emmy character. Yeah, I, I just don't think it made much sense. I really don't know why she was brought in. Obviously, Leah Monsignor is very talented. Um, I again don't know why she had her own whole song in season three and essentially had her own whole song 
in season four, other than, you know, she negotiated that in the contract when they decided they wanted her in the show. Yeah, I think they, yeah, I think that's what they were going for. And again, it's a a lack of self-awareness for what the show is at this point. Like, you already have, you have already pumped out the megastar. This isn't the, you know, Disney Channel of the mid-aughts where you're just going to have, you know, a, a star, consistent star factory. So just, you know, read the show for what it is. You already have Sophia Wiley, you already have Dara Renee, you already have Julia Lester, who's a fucking Tony nominee now. Like, you have so much talent already. You don't need to try and manufacture one more from a person who, according to her social media following, is already a, a sizable star yeah. uh, for but social media you standards. you want to have Emmy come support the show in the last episode, I'm not pressed about that. Like, she's like, oh, yeah. my camp friends are doing a show. And bring back the other girl, too. I feel bad for the other girl. Like, why only her? Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. No, I think she probably has Instagram followers more. But mm-hmm. um, no, there there uh, are many many other ways they could have added in. Like, uh, okay, we don't want Carlos to be Miss Jim's assistant anymore. Natalie Bagley could be back. Someone else could. Has <laughs> these Seb's beard? Yeah, uh, that, that she the only purpose she served was come back and you know retcon that she was Seb's beard you know two years ago or however long that was in in real time. They bringing like so many of these camp characters back. When you have Joe Serafini and Larry Saperstein, who are in the yeah. canon, like yeah, I don't know. Um, see, I hate, I hate. Obviously, I don't hate being negative because I'm, I'm fairly good at being negative. Uh, but I hate being negative when it feels uh, pointed towards one of the actors because, like I said, Liam Oscar, very talented, but just very unnecessary for any to be in this it's show. It's the writing; it's not her. Um, and yeah. I will say, like one of the positives. I think her song is one of my favorites of the season. Like, yeah. I don't really remember many of the songs because a lot of the soundtrack is just High School Musical 3 songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they had, like, much noticeably less original songs than compared to the rest of the series. Like, even mm-hmm. season three, I remember they were, like, pumping out original songs, like, two or three an episode. And I didn't love all of them, but there were some, like, Right Place by Adrian Lyles. Great song. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I really like that one. So, uh, like, they do have talent but like this one i feel like none of the songs are going to stick with me past the season if i were to re-listen to a lot of them i think that would be one of the ones that i listen to the most that's Um, fair that's fair speaking of colleges ricky's college journey and ej do you want to talk about that um yeah i mean i I think that part not much to say about it It is what it is kind of makes sense um you know just finding out who they are and you know exploring Exploring a different side, I don't feel the need to get, you know, the the Saved by the Bell college reboot for these two or anything. Um, but at least, you know, it made sense instead of EJ going off to Duke and coming back and he's some, you know, big hotshot that misses high school. Well, he's a guy that's still in Salt Lake and misses high school, and that kind of checks out for EJ's character. So he's grown. Um, he still, for the most part, is who he is. And, you know, that, that part at least is true to character. He's emancipated, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's he's a, a grown adult, so I don't know that legally, I don't know that there needs to be any uh, standings for that his and his dad's relationship. Yeah, it seems like he he doesn't talk to his dad much anymore, and so he's cut off financially and um, has to has to struggle through the plight of you know someone who had to take out student loans and go through college and work several jobs. It was uh, of what it sounds like, but. I'm sure that's a good, uh, you know, character awakening for Mr. Elton John. So, yeah, um, 
I just feel like the storyline with Ricky, like, yes, it's realistic because it is a thing, but it just felt like incomplete as well. Like, because this is mm-hmm. a journey that he could have continued to go on in the second half of this year. And mm-hmm. it just feels like, oh, so we got the start of this. And then maybe like that, maybe that was their intention, like to do like kind of a start. And like, if the show is going to stop in the middle of their senior year, this is where he mm-hmm. is at with his journey. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. It's yeah. just, I like the fact that Ricky was doing something other than longing for a woman that he mm-hmm. doesn't deserve, but. It, it would have been really cool to have a fifth season and like people are split up and Ricky's like second semester. He's like, Oh, I decided, you know, to go ahead and start taking a, a college class ahead of time. They let me, you know, do a, you know, pre-trial of, you know, remedial English or something to prove that my 1.8 GPA is behind me and that I'm a real good student now. And it's like, they could have done stuff where he's like taking some college classes. And now him, it's like their storyline is a EJ and Ricky buddy cop storyline and like we can just explore a friendship there and we can explore gina going off to be a star and do all these things uh but no this is where we've ended yeah so weird um let's talk about high school musical four let's start with the new characters that they added for this and then we'll talk about the reunion stuff later but quinn mac and danny i like danny i don't know i was like okay give us this latina like character like we could use like this like kind of like villain i feel like i really enjoyed lily um, because it felt like we had an antagonist that wasn't just like the universe. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, I feel like they tried to make Danny a little bit of an antagonist and it didn't work 100%, but I'm like, try something. Give us like this like hot girl influencer that can't, I, heavily auto-tuned. And I think, I thought that was supposed to be the point when she did that original song, uh, the High School Musical uh, song at the second episode where she like sings. I thought that was supposed to be auto-tuned intentionally and overproduced, but then I kept noticing the thing that you brought up, like the overproduced stuff. And I was like, oh no, maybe they just like didn't care. But I thought yeah. that was supposed to be like the thing. She can't sing. I thought that was supposed to be a storyline. She can't actually mm-hmm. can't sing. Why is she here? She's just an influencer. I thought there could have been some fun commentary on that. Um, but of course, commentary is not their strong suit. Right. No, it, it could have been such a quick offhanded joke. Like, you know, she stops at the very end. She stops moving her mouth and the track keeps going. That's all you needed. Like just a quick joke to say, OK, she actually is just, you know, an influencer, not actually talented, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I didn't really not to take anything away from the actors. Didn't care for the characters at all. Don't think they uh, serve much of a purpose. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, but I'm in any way. I, so. I think especially like once she got booted from the movie leave it there like when she came back i was like okay this is unnecessary um i'm not gonna get her number from courtney courtney's not even gonna have her number it's gonna be they're gonna dm on instagram like Mm -hmm. that's not that yeah um and what about mac i like i like the actor he seemed like chill i think he's on that did you mention this like doogie Doogie yeah he's on doogie kamiloha md i like him he seemed Um... like he has like acting chops he seems like he has swag i think he had better chemistry with sophia wiley than joshua bassett did this season no 100 yeah no um, he did but like i don't know like it's stupid whatever it served no purpose high school musical four did not need to be a thing and i'm kind of upset that they even made it meta like that's probably why they couldn't afford larry saperstein and joe seraphini is because they like had to cash like some checks for lucas graybill's one episode the dude mm-hmm. with pentatonics who's his husband <laughs> um like Moni Coleman's two episode cameo, yeah. Allison Reed being in like five episodes of the show and looking very different than I expected Allison Reed to walk around. Like I thought she had it's a vibe. Hearing she was her giving talk motorcycle lesbian person. vibes the whole time she was yeah. there. Very unsettling hearing her talk as a normal person. 
Yeah. I will say that as well. Um, Coach Bolton, dear, like, what did you think of, like, the fact that they were all there, like, and the song that they did, and, like, Corbin was barely there also. Yeah, I said, I think they milked Corbin for all he was worth in season three, which is fine. Um, and, and looking back, like, I don't even, you know, we talked about being worried that the plot would get too meta. Um, I don't even care that it got that many. I thought they did fine with the High School Musical 4 plot line. It did kind of serve as, like, okay, this is, you know, this is a, can be a, uh, the issue that arises, and, you know, this is the, the plot mechanism to do it, that Gina's, okay, now she's going to become a big star. That'll put a wrench in her relationship and all that. Um, so I was fine with how that all happened. I just don't think, like, the the characters could have just been exactly as they were. Mac and Danny could have been exactly what they were, just a lot more minimal. Yeah, like the, yeah and Mac could have been more minimal, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think, like I said, when I first heard this, I thought my brain was going to explode, and I was like, I hate this. I still don't love it, but like for what they could have done, this was actually like not a bad case scenario. I think this was actually mm-hmm. handled quite well. It was kind of separate. It was like Gina's on one hand. Like honestly, you didn't. You could have like just like pulled Gina because like Max saw her like performing or something. Like you didn't even need the whole like oh we're extras and we're trying to fit both shows into our schedule. Like you could have been like mm-hmm. oh you're a couple background actors, but then like I don't know about you, but in my high school, I didn't have the same class with the same five people every single time like you could have had found other students at east high to be extras as well that like the these students could have been going to rehearsal like throughout the time and gina yeah like that dichotomy but i thought it was handled a lot better than i expected to be transparent mm-hmm. it still doesn't make me love it but right i i also will say the high school reunion song felt like it belonged in the high school musical cinematic universe like in terms of like it felt like it was one of the original songs because it just like had the same aesthetic and that was mm. probably was a lot of work behind the scenes to make it do that but it didn't feel like a 2023 song it felt like a 2006 2007 2008 high school musical song oh for sure um any any standouts from the original cast anything you want to mention do you have any commentary about pentatonics guy um yeah it was like i i guess they're it was it was funny to just to see the pentatonics guy in the first episode, and then it goes unaddressed until the very last episode where they mention him by name, and yeah. he's playing you know Lucas Graviel's partner in yeah, the high school cool musical four. See Ryan in a gay relationship because um, it was always hinted at undertones. I know Kenny was right. like Ryan would have come out in college, um, and I like uh-huh. that. But also like I mean I agree with what I said last year don't waste my time if you're not going to bring back Zach, Vanessa, or Ashley for this project. Like, yeah. you can't get them. Don't waste it. Don't waste our time. Like, maybe you could have, like, Monique Coleman doing, like, uh, like a 20 years looking back or whatever, like, segment. Like, you can have that moment with Courtney that I actually loved um, mm. in the last episode, but you don't need to, like, have the facade of a High School Musical 4. You could have, like, just some random other production there that Gina's going to get swept up in. They can still mm-hmm. have the musical be High School Musical 3. Like, there's, like, what layers that, like, they didn't have to. Like, was it worth all that, those checks that you had to cash to, like, have the storyline be convoluted? Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Disney Channel movies, um, I saw the Jonas Brothers this week. Oh. <laughs> they sang Play My Music from Camp Rock, which made me very happy. They also did L.A. Baby from Jonas. Nice. Um, also, Chandler, Jonas Chandler saw the... Chandler saw them on the day that the unfortunate news about Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner broke. We were in Austin. 
and she was going to see them. She also saw them in New York, their very first show of the tour. She saw them in Yankee Stadium. And so, yeah, some of the songs hit a little bit differently, uh, you know, a well, couple months he later. Crying but... during Hesitate. There's probably like been the viral TikTok by now, but he said, like, mm-hmm. if these lips don't say it, don't believe it. But then I saw like all these clickbait articles that was like, Joe Jonas reveals the reason why he's getting divorced himself. And I was like, don't do that. But I yeah. you're trying to get clicks, but whatever. Um, but and then right after he does that, Nick Jonas is like, so this song is about falling in love. And I, uh, went on my first date in the stadium with my wife um five years ago and apparently she was there on the floor because floor tickets were cheap that day like one of my friend's co-workers we ran into her and she said she bought them for 140 dollars wow. and she was like near priyanka and i was like oh wow uh-huh. um but anyways that just came up to mind because we were talking about digital stars <laughs> um the music any standouts from the music this year um, I had a couple that I really liked. I so the one of the old high school musical three songs that I liked. Um oh what is that one called? When they Who's is it? when Oh, can I have this dance? Um, oh yeah. Oh I love that. Yeah. That was actually pretty good. One's really good. It's great in high school musical three. It was great in this one. Other than that, I'm not super tapped into high school musical three. Oh, go for it, yeah. I love the scene. I hate the little tag at the end that Ricky was like, oh, we were up until 3 a.m. practicing this. Not realistic. Gina's mom would not have that shenanigans in her home. Right. Um, just say, like, it was spontaneous and in the moment, that's how you want to reveal to everyone that you're mm-hmm. dating. Like, that, I would have much preferred that. It just, I don't know. Like, anyways, I, I actually thought that arrangement of all the ones that were, like, that, that was, like, the least overly produced. For, yeah, um, and, that's, and that's precisely why I loved it the most. Like, it just, it felt authentic. It felt like two people in a choir room, singing and dancing to each other. Um, I really liked uh, Call It What You Want, the Julia Lester and Sailor Bell song. That was um, really cool to hear because that yeah. was one of my lesser favorites, but I'm glad that you See, enjoyed it. Chandler's as well. Yeah, she did not enjoy it, but I, I really enjoyed that one. I thought the melodies were interesting. She didn't like the harmonies. I thought the harmonies were very interesting in that song. Um, I just thought it felt, it felt a bit more original than most like of these. The I like the scene, yeah. but I was listening to it back and I was like, I don't know. I'm not just vibing with the song. Like I did give each song a chance because I also wasn't vibing with Jump. I like the scene, but then re-listening to it, I'm like, oh, this is actually a really good song. It's just like mm-hmm. maybe not my jam necessarily, but for whatever reason, call, me, call it what you want for whatever reason. Maybe it's just too samey samey as a lot of the other HSM TMTS songs, mm-hmm. but I appreciate the fact that you like it, but I have to say I'm team Chandler on this one. Yeah, no, and that's fair, and that's my truth to stand in. But it did feel like kind of that, um, you know, the the very popular like soft girl pop these days, like the the Gracie Abrams sounding is like the the very breathy uh, pop girl sounds. But I, I like that music, and I thought the song was good. Um, See, so yeah, I like that one. And what was the other one that I liked? Um. You you give you give the songs you like, and I'll keep scrolling I'll through these ones. I love Sophia Wiley's version of "Walk Away." Like I genuinely mm-hmm. have been listening to that. Like I still think I prefer Vanessa's because like that's the original that I grew up with. But like Sophia Wiley, like also like the acting in that song, like I felt like it was actually really good. Um, for all the HSM three songs that they did, I thought this one was good. I also liked the audition version of "Now or Never." I think it was still mm-hmm. a little overproduced, but I liked the renditions of "Now or Never" that they had for both times that they did it this season, even though I thought they were both overproduced. Like mm-hmm. I think if they just like cut back on the production a little bit, 
it would have sounded better, but I like Joshua Bassett's version. Mm. Um, again, Jump was solid. I enjoyed it more on the re-listen. I strangely like the the um, trick-or-treat one, like the zombie one. Um, Interesting. I thought it was a vibe. Like, will I listen to it regularly? No, but if it came out on the club, I think I'd throw my ass. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, it's just... Uh, I, See, I don't know. For me, my, uh, I for me, hear the my instrumental second pleasure. Oh uh, yeah, I like that one. Um, but my my guilty pleasure that would be the same as your your nightmares song for me it would be the puppy love song, not the theme song from the Matt Mark and Spark show, but the, the when the, the, it sang it. like the acoustic cover. I was yeah. like, that's pretty good. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like that yeah. one. Those would be my I, three. I also liked how he mixed it in at the end of the series with. Um, mm-hmm. It's a different song, but like, is it like I, I'm all over you or something? I, I saw mm-hmm. it somewhere. I'm on a Screen Rant article about it. A Dreams Don't Die, I also thought was fun. Um, and I don't know, like in terms of the HSM three uh, three stuff, um, the Boys Are Back was a miss for me. Scream mm-hmm. was a miss for me, although I did like the low budget like hallway spinning because it feels very realistic. Uh-huh. Um, I love the cast version of High School Musical and Danny's version, even though they were both overproduced. But again, you can't mm-hmm. miss the original. Um, second Chance, I like the instrumental that they brought in for the flashback episode. Or I don't know if it was Second Chance, uh, the flashback episode or the college episode. What did you think of mm-hmm. the flashback episode, by the way, like and how they retconned a lot of things? Um, yeah, I, I want things to be more earned and be set up in the past but like you said they don't have the better salt call Saul uh, writer's room going on so it's fine to retcon a little bit don't try and tell me that don't don't retcon too hard and be like oh Gina's always been in love with Ricky since the moment she saw him like you don't you don't yeah. gotta do that and to me like that's just that's not true having rewatched the first season Ricky had no interest in Gina at that point in time all he was caring about was getting back with Nini showing him that he loved her like he sang the song that she wrote and mm. like then it like makes it seem that like oh Ricky's inspiration was Gina. I was like no no yeah. you don't don't and make then, it so stupid. Yeah, and then I don't need it explained to me too. I don't need Ashlyn sitting there after the flashback going. So if Gina never did this, then Ricky never would. I I don't need that. I don't think I anyone needs that. I didn't hate the Carlos Miss Jen one. I didn't hate no, that, 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 one, that one. That one felt like, real. Um, yeah. Even even the Courtney and Ashlyn one. What? No, oh, yeah, no, I didn't care for that. That part didn't make sense. That was part where I was like looking at my phone before, and I looked back. I was like, "Is this a flashback right now? What is even? Yeah. I don't know which part, what what timeline we're in anymore." If it was like some random other actor that like had like a bit role in something and was like giving her advice, like a Disney Channel, like any other Disney person, like if it was Jordan Sparks, what's she doing? She could like give Kate Miss Jen some advice, like <laughs> having been on Broadway, uh, but. I don't know. I didn't like that one, but I didn't care. I like the Seb Natalie Bagley one, and I like the Carlos Miss Jen one um, mm-hmm. because it feels authentic to Miss Jen being like, no, you are my baby now. I'm going to protect you, Carlos, and I see your value even though you don't yeah. see your value. And I think it yeah. started his growth because like, he seemed very confident and we peel back the layers and seen that he's a little bit more insecure. Carlos is becoming like one of my favorites, just like talking it out, like just like his arc. And like I just maybe it's the consistency that he never seemed inconsistent as a character even though the writing was off for sure mm. no the, 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 the general, and like it felt so real i was like 
I was thinking, I was like, did this happen? Because, like, I feel like this this might have happened before. If, like, a, I like, couldn't remember, it was like, was this a, 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 a scene in, you know, episode one, season one? Um, and then the, the Courtney and Ashland flashback, it was fine. It was, that, like, that, that is Whatever. a trope to do in flashbacks, in my opinion. Like, oh, you're, you're over-exaggerating you know, how these characters were in the beginning. That's fine. Like, that's, and then there was that's also the Miss Darla part that again. Um, that's yeah. another one. But I think my favorite by far was the Seb and Natalie Bagley. And then I think the Courtney Ashton one was like, I was neutral on, as was the Mr. Mazar, Miss Jen one. But the best two ones were the Seb and Natalie Bagley and then Carlos and Miss Jen. Like, there's the jokey one and the feel-good one, and I think both worked. But the mm-hmm. Ricky Gina one really rubbed me the wrong way. It felt like the writers were calling me stupid. Um, yep. And I didn't that feeling. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest? You want to talk more about the French kid in Big Red, or did you get that all out of your system? No, I got it all out of my system. I think I'm I'm good to wrap up. I don't need to talk about Andy Barthelman anymore. But I support him in all he does. Have you? Have you? Did you? We talked about this last time. Have you since seen No Hard Feelings? I've not. No. I, have I, you, I, I saw his tweet the uh, no, I haven't. No, I recommend if you like a good piano cover. It's Maneater by Hall yeah. Notes. Um, yeah. Great version. Um, and a great scene in the movie also. But Yeah. Um, Might just wait till it's on Netflix soon. Give it a watch. Let's leave all your thoughts on the table for High School Musical, the musical series. Do you regret this journey? Do you enjoy it? Um, and then I have one final question for you. How do you think the show would have had its legacy if it just ended at season two, they just kind of called it a wrap. I feel like it had a wholesome enough ending that they can just like call it quits there. Sophia, why? Sorry, Joshua Bassett and Olivia Rodrigo. If they can't be in the same room, let's just end it there. Hmm. Um. I I don't regret this journey. I did enjoy. I loved uh, how season one made me feel. Um. I thought season two was fine, and I, I was. It was perfectly fine enough where I, I still care enough to do a more than hour long podcast to talk about these characters. So I, I don't regret the journey at all. I wish it had ended better. Do I wish it ended after season two? No, not necessarily. I'm glad we got what we got. Um, we got to see more of these people become stars. We at least did get to explore the characters a little bit more. Um, yeah. You know, like uh, uh, every every criticism I've gave, I wish it you know had been developed in a better way. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the show, and it does. It just you know makes me pissed at the tech overlords at Disney even more these days. Yeah, so. um, I I agree with you. Like the writing, sure. Like if you had ended it at season two, High School Musical the Musical the series as a show would have lived in a more elevated space in my TV mm-hmm. watching brain. Um, that being said, I think the last two seasons did do a lot of important stuff with bisexual representation that I will always be grateful for. Also, Mm -hmm. I had a great time podcasting with you and all the other people that I've talked about the show with. Um, and like, I'm always going to be grateful for those memories and that fun. And like, they did give us some great songs that like, I genuinely enjoy listening to both the covers and the originals. And yeah, these last two seasons were disappointing, but it's still a journey. And I mean, the, this like everything you do will like I think speak to a point in time. And I will always remember High School Musical the musical series for what it was, what it could have mm-hmm. been, what it wasn't, and but also like the vibes that we had. And I'm excited to follow these people. I think like 
this is a cast that like the big people are going to blow up, which I'm excited for. Like Joshua Bassett's already pretty, pretty big. Olivia Rodrigo, of course, is the thing. But I am optimistic, like you said, Julia Lester, Tony nominee. Those are just three actors, but I think we could see stuff from Dara Renee. I want to follow Kate Reindeers wherever she goes. Mm-hmm. I really like her. Um, I love Frankie Rodriguez and Joe Serafini. Anytime Joe Serafini is going to be singing, I'm there. Big Red started a tap dance company. I'm happy mm-hmm. for him. Will I sign up for a class? I don't know. Because <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I love Larry Sapp. It's cheap right now. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I could see Adrian Lyles becoming a music star. He has a great voice. Like, there's like room for all these. Liamani Segura, of course. Like, I think the cast is stacked. I mean, we talked about Mr. Mazzara's in the menu. Like, they're gonna go places. Like, this is not a cast you can like mm-hmm. sleep over, and that's always gonna be remembered. Like, I love Glee with all my heart, but like, I think like the Glee stars blew up, but then there's also people like who haven't acted, and I feel like this is gonna be more of like the blow up stars. Like, they're all gonna yeah. do stuff with a couple exceptions no i agree season one had was better than any right that it ever had to be and maybe part of that was to the detriment of these producers that like the the bar was set high for better for worse and i i'm personally i'm glad that the show got to continue being made so we don't have this like oh man what could have been we could have had you know such an incredible show no, we got to see it for what it was. They caught lightning in a bottle season one. They had incredible performances, and that was what it was. We need some more representation for shows jumping the shark and ending badly. Um, but, yeah. like, I mean, the show ended actually fine. It was, like, whatever. I did cry. Mm-hmm. I'll own that. I'll own, I cried. Yeah. But, this uh, season two, I think, was what this show was always meant to be, and that's fine. And that it was supposed to be a cheesy, way of putting it. easy watch. Um, it wasn't supposed to be a thinker. It didn't probably didn't deserve to be evaluated as such, but they, like I said, caught lightning in a bottle season one. They developed one of the biggest pop stars in the world now, um, and yeah, so it got unfairly judged in that light. And yeah, the, I think season four was a good encapsulation of what this show was meant to be, and we we now we will always know. That's a great way to put it. Season four is what I expected season one to be, and because we got <laughs> season one and two, which were better than expectations. I think I had the bar too high and then I had to remember that this is what they were not intending. And it was just better. Like then they started to like um, cut their feet off to spite their face. I don't know what they're saying. Right. Yeah. Cut your your nose off, spite your face. Something like that. that, Yeah. Um, Anyways, what do you have that you want to promote? And then also a pop culture plug um, from you, Sam, where do you, where do you want people to keep up with you? Oh, man. Um, you can follow me on... I don't really post anything anywhere these days. I'm still on... You know, t- no, I haven't posted any TikToks in a while. I just don't... You know, I, I don't feel the need to, you know, go out and seek affirmation from strangers, as good as it does feel when you do get said affirmation. Trying to be better about not uh, relying on that, not needing that, and caring about it. So, yeah, I haven't, I haven't posted much. I have some you know, funny thoughts, and I'll make a video on occasion and send it to Chandler, send it to William, and uh, think, would this be funny? I don't care if everyone else thinks it's funny. I think it's funny. Leave it in the drafts. Uh, but I am still on TikTok and Twitter, at NotThatSamDavis. Um, haven't done any other podcasts in a while. Haven't really done anything, but, yeah, maybe someday we'll get back at it, because I do enjoy doing things like this with you, and I enjoyed doing everyone and their brother whenever, you know, if we ever get back to doing that. So, yeah, we'll see. Just keep tuned in, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, Brazilian Dragon Productions. We're figuring things out. Uh, I this is my first podcast in a hot minute, but I have been releasing episodes. Uh, Media Made Me has been going strong. We have most recently released an episode with Alec Hester. Lonnie Dangerous is up this week. He's a stand-up comedian, rapper, um, one of my buddies out here in LA. Uh, for the RHP folk, you might be interested in Rob Sister Nino, Mike Bloom, Latanya Starks. They have all done episodes. Um, and then we have another comic next week. Uh, we also have my friends Dejan Divey, uh, who are twin influencers, which is fun to talk about with them. Um, otherwise, we have some more plans. Maybe we'll do some more pod talk, jam and break, like after stuff, just like talking about the music. Part of me wants to do another bracket, um, but part of me also like that's a lot of work. And I'm like, I don't know. But if you ever want to do any of those bracket stuff, Sam, you're welcome to come on, hop on, talk about the music. But it would just be like about the music covers and we would do kind of like the Zillennial theme song bracket style. Um, otherwise, have a lot of plans. No, I nothing set in motion. Maybe we'll get back to Scooby Doo. Maybe not. I do want to do a Cisse Puede episode coming up for Latin Heritage Month, uh, following up on the year of Survivor that we had last year. But basically, just stay tuned to all the socials at Brazil Dragon Pod at What the Fleep on all social media. Um, and yeah, otherwise, my pop culture plug will go after Sam. I'll go first. Better call. Saul, I mentioned it a couple times. Great show. If you want a show with good writing, go watch it. Sam, what's your pop culture plug? I actually did just finish watching, probably about a month ago, finished watching Breaking Bad and then Better Call Saul uh, before, once once Netflix put the time a ticking on the parents' uh, account, I was like, well, now's better time, as good a time as any. So I finally have watched you been Better Call Saul. By the police? Um, I think I have. I haven't checked in a while, but Chandler is reporting to me that we're... William yeah, it took a while. Yeah, he got booted early. We got booted from Chandler's family uh, pretty early on, but my family, it stayed on there for a while, but I believe we might have been booted now. Um, I, I guess I have I have three albums as of late. That So I got to, we already talked about Guts, Olivia Rodrigo, that's number one. Number two, um, been embracing my Oklahoma roots lately, and there's a man named Zach Bryan, country artist from Oklahoma. He's more of a country rock guy. Um, very much enjoy his newest self-titled album, Zach Bryan. Uh, he had some songs with like the Lumineers, Casey Musgraves. Um, I, I really enjoy his music, really embracing the countryside of who I, I, you know, where I grew up. And also, Miss Renee Rapp from the Sex Lives of College Girls um, has released a new album as well. So I have a, a wide range of tastes, and I just you know enjoy good music, and that is all. Great music. With absolutely no disrespect to Miss Renee Rapp. I don't think she's going to pull in Olivia Rodrigo. That's my thought. Not quite. I'll eat, I'll eat my words. Is... I'll eat my words if I eat them. But I feel like girls should have waited at least till the third season before she like did something like this and left the show. But yeah, no. Let's is... see what the album does before you leave the show. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But you know, she's she seems to be happy with you know the the decision she's made, and she seems uh mentally mentally well off for making that decision. So happy for her. Album's very good. Watch Lock Key still. I've heard it's great. Yes. It yeah. Anyways, Sam, do we have a hashtag? Should we do hashtag um, Rini or hashtag hashtag Rena or Rini? Hashtag Rena or Rini. Um. Yeah, I don't know. This was fun. Anyways. Wildcats, keep your head in the game forever and always. Brazilian Dragon. Bye.